Hello, everyone, and welcome to From Montana to Portugal's podcast. Today, I have an extra special guest who is one of my favorite expat experts and resources, and she kindly agreed to join me on the podcast today. Her name is Deborah Dahab, and I am so, so excited for this conversation and it's just a great excuse to actually get to talk to Deb again. <laughs> so um, Deb is an expat coach and intercultural psychologist. She has a master's degree in intercultural psychology, and she is amazing. I've purchased a couple of her courses uh, last year and learned so much from her in the process. I follow along with what she's doing. It's been very, very helpful. So I hope this will be helpful to everyone who's listening today. And it, and we're just going to have a lot of fun. So uh, without further ado, Deb, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Janelle. It's, uh, it's, and it's good to, you know, talk to you again after a while. And uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to help anyone in any phase of the journey because I've been through it all. <laughs> yeah. So more than once. Uh, so I know how it goes and I'm happy to help. I'm happy to help. Great. Well, let's start there. I think your story is pretty phenomenal. So if you wouldn't mind telling us your story and how you got started doing what you do now, it's been a long journey, a lifelong journey, I think. Um, so if you wouldn't mind sharing that, that would be a fun place to start. Sure. Thanks. So, well, um, I'll try to keep it short because it is quite a long story. But um, basically, when I started working with coaching, I already had a 20 plus year marketing career under my belt. So uh, my background is marketing business. I have an MBA as well. Um, and that in parallel with my life abroad, which happened because life, right? Um, I was born in Brazil and I moved to the States when I was one with my parents, of course. Then I went back to Brazil and then throughout my life because of um, work or studies, I ended up living in France, in the UK, in Spain. I got my MBA in Spain and then I landed in Portugal in 2001. And... Um, on paper, my life was perfect. Looking from the outside in, well, what's to complain? I had a great job. I had just finished my MBA. I was This was like the beginning of the internet, like the first internet boom. And I had a job in interactive television, which was super sexy. I had a lot of perks, but I was miserable inside. And I didn't know why I was miserable. I couldn't make myself better. It was just horrible all around. And I didn't know, like, I'm not supposed to feel this way. You know, I'm checking all these boxes. Why am I feeling like this? So I pulled through, like pulling teeth for five years. And in 2005, um, the end of 2005, I said, I can't take it anymore. I'm just, I'm not happy here. I don't know why, but I'm not happy. And mind you, I do speak Portuguese because I'm Brazilian. So I don't have the language as an excuse. I have family, so I don't have that. As an so I went back to Brazil in 2005 and um, rebuilt my career in marketing and all that. Then as life would have it, uh, eight years later, so um, I come back to Portugal a few times because I have family and also because some uh, work brought me here back. And I reconnected with a former colleague from way back then. We started a long distance relationship, which lasted for a year because I said, well, you know, let's pick a place. I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> yeah. um, what's going to happen here? So uh, I got married and moved to Portugal for the second time in 2013. Now, mind you, I had a previous humongous failure, right, before. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I couldn't afford energetically, physically, financially, emotionally, you name it. I couldn't afford to have another of these failures. I mean, this just couldn't happen. 
So that's when I realized I needed to get help, but I wanted more than help someone to help me. I wanted to understand what had gone wrong, what mistakes I'd made, and most importantly, how not to make them again. <laughs> right. Um, that's when I got my master's in intercultural psychology. So I said, okay, let me study what happens in, with us when we move abroad, because I had moved many times and sometimes it was good, sometimes it was bad, but none were really those, the failure that I felt when, the first time in Portugal. And it blew my mind. It was such an eye opener, a mind opener. Um, I didn't know there was a, an area of research about this. I didn't know this was a thing because my world was marketing, right? So it helped me so much. So I did get the help that I wanted. Um, and I learned what happens when we move abroad. And I learned a lot of the mistakes through the master's, also through my um, self-discovery journey, um, because just looking to studies, that's part of the picture. That's not the whole picture. And then I'm as being a very practical person and having a business sense, I'm always asking, okay, how do I do this? But how do I do this? And that's great. I love the study. I love the numbers behind it. And it, you know, it, it, it's super important, but how do I apply this in my life? Right. And I started figuring these things out. And then I realized, well, maybe other people can benefit from what I'm learning here. How do I do that? <laughs> and then that's when I got my coaching certification. That's when I became a certified trainer. And I also am a certified NLP practitioner because I needed these tools to bring things together to help myself, first and foremost. I mean, the motivation initially was very selfish. But then how can I help other people who might be going through that? So Hopefully, in not too long story, that's how it happened. And here I am today. That was fascinating. Totally fascinating. So it sounds like you went both uh, on physical journeys and mental, emotional, spiritual journeys along that whole process to find the career that you have now and to help yourself with moving back to Portugal. So that's the question that I really want to know. Once you learned about some of the things from intercultural psychology that you were learning, how did you end up applying it to your life? And did that change things for you? And did it take a while or was it immediate? I'm, I'm curious about that. Yeah, that, that's a great question. Well, it wasn't immediate. Um, so the first things that uh, I, I started learning were about the typical phases of adjustment. Okay, so I already had moved, right? Yeah. Um, so the first part of my learning was post move, how, you know, what to expect. And that was like, boom, a lot related to what I had learned in the masters, what typically happens, you know, everyone talks about cultural shock, like we throw this term around, but really understanding what it is, what it's not. Um, and thinking about ways to minimize and to deal with the waves, kind of like learning how to surf the waves of that. Um, there was also a part that initially helped me, which was about the intercultural communication. So mm. um, how to understand cultural differences, how to navigate these cultural differences, and tie that in with the knowledge of cognitive biases and how our brain works and the mental shortcuts. And when we're under stress, because when we move abroad, we are in alert mode and under stress, we cling to that, to those mental shortcuts and how sometimes they can benefit us, but sometimes they can, you know, not benefit us. And how to, for me, be aware when I was falling into one of those traps and choose do I want to do this or do I don't want to do this? And right. that's the first step. And that's the first one of the first things. Now, that was my learning with, you know, after I moved abroad. And then I realized that I could help other people prepare for the move. Because right. why wait until you make the mistakes, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I so appreciate that. 
<laughs> it's helped me already. And I am looking forward to learning a lot more from you because I don't want to make all those mistakes. I mean, I know I envision not necessarily that everything's rosy when I move, but a lot of good things will shift in, in my mind. I'm like, oh, I'm a very optimistic person. And at the same time, I'm also a realistic realist. So I know it's going to be stressful. I know that there's going to be challenges. I know that there's a language difference um, when we make our move to Portugal. So I'm aware, but I, I'm, I didn't do the studying that you did. So I'm not entirely sure how to prepare for those <laughs> things. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, of course we want, we, we think it's going to work out or else we would never yeah. do it in the first place. Right. I right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why? why would we even contemplate and spend all this money and effort and if we don't think it's going to be good for us, right? I exactly, mean, exactly. I mean, some people could, but most people yeah. won't. Um, yeah. So that's absolutely normal. And the awareness is the very important first step. Okay. It's And it's great to be aware, but then, okay, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with, you know, um, how do you know that what I, if what I'm feeling is normal, quote unquote, or not normal, quote unquote, because typically we have very few people who are willing to actually share their hardships and journeys with us. Usually you go online and um, that's where we get our information when we're, you know, social media and all that and Facebook groups and all that. And People who share posts or whatever, or even vlogs or all that, are typically on one of the two extremes. They're either super happy and enchanted, and that's great, or they're in a moment when they're super frustrated, super, you know, like they're extremely annoyed. uh, They're in the depth of the cultural shock phase. Now, Uh both are true. And both are untrue because nothing is the same all the time. And the thing is that when we th- we are preparing, if we're only preparing like that, we can fall into a cognitive bias called confirmation bias, where we only retain and, you know, um, contemplate the information that already confirms something we we already believe in. So if we're more on the optimistic side and we have made the decision, this is all unconscious, mind you. We don't we're not aware of it that we're doing it. But we tend to, oh yeah, that's great. And you dive into that. If you're on the other spectrum where you're moving with a spouse, you're not 100 percent bought on the idea. Or you want to go, but you're unsure on how you're going. You know, if they're, if in that moment, it doesn't have to be like a continuum, but in that particular moment, you're in a moment of second guessing, which is absolutely normal. You might focus on all the people who are venting and frustrated. Sure. (laughs) So how do you keep that in check? How Mm. do you do that? It's hard to do it alone. Yeah. It is. Um, it's super hard because when we're inside our jar, we can't read the label. So yeah. um, that's where I come in and help people with the exercise, with methodologies, how to research, how to decide, you know, what to pack and what to leave behind. How to how do you go about learning a language? When is the best time to learn a language? What is the best resource to use? What are you going to use it for? Um, all if people say. Oh, I want to be fluent in Portuguese. Like, well, what does fluency mean to you? I know a lot of Americans born and raised in the States, and I can tell you they're not fluent in English. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) So what does that mean? Um, And finding the path that works for each unique situation, everyone is different. You are different. You know, someone else. Is, we all have our values, have our priorities, have our family situation, our financial situation. We all have our background. No two people have the same story. Mm. So 
what works for John is the opposite of works for Jane. Right. So you got to figure out what works for you. I'm sure that makes it challenging as a coach to figure out what works for each person. Oh, that's, and, that, I love to, that's what makes the spice of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. What do you love most about your career and your business and what you do now? Well, first, um, I love that I get to work with my life's mission. Hmm. So um, even when I was, you know, a, a marketing executive and corporate and I, used to work in, you know, banks and all the very, very um, not coachy, touchy-feely yes. places. Absolutely. Right. But I was always that person people came to for this type of, even if they were not, if, even if I weren't managing them, like, officially, I was always right. that person people came to. So it's always been in me. And now I have the proper tools to help people do that. And what I love about it is one, I get to do what I love. So it doesn't feel like work per se. And I love exactly the diversity. You know, when I'm working just yesterday, I was working um, with a group and we were doing, I, I have a twist on the wheel of life. So I use the wheel of life and then um, what, how is it now and how you imagine it will be in your new country. Oh, very fun. So we do the scores and we kind of like play a, a mental, like imaginary exercise. So you can see how the move affects all the areas of your life. And maybe some areas are going to be included. Others are going to be included. So start to really understand the magnitude of that. And some people love to give scores. Some people hate to give scores and refer to, you know, to describe it. And that's all good. And that's all fine. It's like, guys, you know, whatever works for you, it's fine. As long as you get it out of your head. <laughs> And onto something, get it out of your head. You know, all these expectations, all these fears, you know, let's ground things and let's make them happen. You want, you want your life to be like that? Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Right. Let's do it. Let's create your action plan to get it done. And, um, and that's one of the things that I love about it is like how every person is different. Um, their concerns, their priorities. And even I've worked with some clients throughout like maybe two years, like in the preparation and then the move and then supporting them after how their values and their priorities throughout these two years shifted. Yeah. Because they do. They do. I'm sure they do. I mean, I'm sure the whole process affects you, the whole journey, your environment, who you're around, all of that can really have a big impact. And what a fun and rewarding career to have to see people through some of the biggest transitions in their life and be with them through that entire journey and help them, help guide them. And uh, I have to say, as, as since listeners probably don't know this about me, but I have, oh, 12 years background in the coaching industry and trained as a life coach and, and love coaching. And uh, what I love particularly about this, um, what you're doing, which is, I don't know, I, I don't know any off the top of my head. I probably could find another expat coach, but, but it's so unique and specific to this particular problem that people have of trying to move and fit in and develop a life that they're happy in. So, I'm so excited that you're doing it because I'm, I'm excited <laughs> yeah. to keep working with you throughout the whole process. Oh, um, yeah. So tell me, uh, what are some of the mistakes? We talked a few about a few mistakes, but what are some of the mistakes that you see that people make that lead them to not be happy when they're in their new country and experience some maybe unnecessary suffering? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's a great question. I, I actually get this question a lot. Um, and I, I first draw from my own experience. So when I look back at why I didn't, it didn't work out the first time, um, it's because one of the reasons, it's never just one reason, right? But one of one of the aspects that, well, uh, that I can look back on and, and see very clearly is that I was focusing too much on why I wanted to live in Portugal. Interesting. I had a long list of why it made sense. And, you know, I'm, I'm a planner by nature. I'm a Virgo with yes. a, a, a Gemini <laughs> ascendant. So I'm super Ooh. mental. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> when Mercury goes retrograde, it's my hell. <laughs> oh, it was hell. It was hell. The first two weeks of May for me, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm, yeah. So I, I, I get a double whammy because I both my yeah. rulers are, are Mercury. But yeah. so I, this is, comes naturally to me. So yeah. I've always done that. So one of my biggest mistakes was focusing too much on the reasons why I wanted to move and mm. not enough or at the time zero on the purpose of the move. And okay. it seems like the same thing, but it's actually two sides of the same coin. And this became very clear to me during the masters, because in the masters, we talk about migration and push and pull factors. So mm-hmm. push factors are the factors that push you away from where you are. And pull factors are factors that draw you towards a specific place. Oh, okay. okay. Now, these factors in intercultural psychology are typically external. Mm. So things that might push you away are political situation, um, violence, uh, cost of living, climate. It's too cold or too hot. So things that are external to you and you perceive as negative. Yes. Okay. Because it's always about our perception. Right. And the pull factors are what we perceive as positive. So, oh, it's cheaper, or it's sunnier, or it's warmer, or whatever, or it's calmer, or less stress. It's all about how we think of something that is really unknown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and one of my mistakes, and I see a lot of people doing that, is focusing a lot on the why, Mm. on what they want to avoid and get rid of, Mm -hmm. and not really articulating and clarifying the purpose of the move how this move fits in your goals for your life. Right. Um, And this is crucial. It is the cornerstone of a successful life abroad. And I don't say move abroad because move is the movement and life is, is the continuity. You don't move to move, you move to live. Right. (laughs) We want to get through the move process. At least I do as quickly as possible. Yeah. And so when the thing is that if you focus only on what you want to avoid, once you do go to this new place and all of these things tend to be external, Mm -hmm. they're gone. Right. They don't exist anymore. So if you don't know the purpose of it, and I've, uh, 95% of my one-to-one clients post-move reach out to me exactly for this reason. I moved, and now I don't know what to do with myself. Wow. And are they mostly retired? And and so- No, no. no. Okay. There's so many different, like, I've had just the other day, um, had um, a client sign up. She was in her mid thirties, had just had a child working. Um, they have retires, uh, retirees, people who sold their business to move. Um, and I'm not talking only about Portugal. I'm talking about other places. Um, sure. That's, and this is, I think, the biggest mistake, focusing on you want to get rid of and focusing on the why and not focusing enough on the what for. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's so good there. Everyone take notes. What is my what for? What is my purpose of this move? And I can imagine listening to your story, your second purpose was different than your first purpose. I mean, your second purpose, you were moving for love and marriage, right? Or partnership. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So one of my biggest mistakes was in the, the first move, my mindset, and that has to do with your overall goals in life. Um, I had just finished my MBA. I wanted to, you know, climb up the corporate ladder. I wanted corporate responsibility. I wanted the big bucks. I wanted to check those, you know, boxes. And I couldn't find that in a country with 10 million people. Yeah. That just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Because... You know, it, it's just, it doesn't fit with the proposition. I would have, I would have had to, to reach that. I would have had to maybe be in London or in Paris or, you know, um, 
And the second time round, um, and this is another mistake people make when they're moving for uh, with a spouse, um, because you we always move for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You can't move for anyone else. True. Like like pretty much anything in life, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, the second time, I my my life goal had to had to do with more stability with family oriented. Um, I wanted to, you know, uh, I wanted to have a child. I didn't want that corporate grind anymore. I had checked all those boxes. So I wanted to settle down. And that was perfect for, for that yeah. movement. So um, it really has to do with the what for is intimately aligned and should be intimately aligned with your purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Because, well, everything you do should be aligned with your purpose in life. <laughs> but if you just, you know, like my purpose in life is to be healthy and I go eat a cupcake. Okay. That's a minor detour, right? That's okay. Right. But if you right. invest a whole bunch of money, sell your house and go to another country, eh, that might be a bigger detour. Right. <laughs> and how does, um, so I've been reading a lot about uh, Maslow's research and, uh, and purpose being a huge part of our happiness in life. So one of the great things that coaches do is help you get clarity on that. So I'm, I'm assuming that people come to you and feel a little confused at first Mm -hmm. about what is my purpose exactly? And how am I going to find it now that I'm in an entirely different culture and don't speak the language and feel a little confused as it is? Yeah. Um, usually people don't put it in those words. Yeah. Right. They kind of, um, they kind of, uh, come to me with the symptoms. So I feel restless. I feel super frustrated. I can't make friends. Um, I'm super homesick. Um, And it's interesting because usually this moment for the post movers, when they come to work uh, with me, it tends to coincide with the cultural shock phase because Mm. that's when the honeymoon is over. You're no longer a tourist. You know, life is, is life like in any other place in the world. Doesn't matter where you go. You're going to have bills to pay. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you um, and then they start complaining about bureaucracy. Oh, because people, I can't, I can't make friends because I don't speak the language. And I have a, I like to say a very loving, um, no sugarcoating way of saying things and dealing with my clients. Like I yes. love them to death. I want their happiness, but I'm a no nonsense person. And it's I like, can tell that people- about you. <laughs> yeah. um, and when it's like, you know, I can't stand it. Everything's here is slow. And, you know, people are it's like, hello, didn't you move for a slower pace in life? Didn't you right. tell me you wanted a less stressful life? Well, it's not only for you. It's for everyone. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, like you can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. You, you got to understand that if it's if if the slower pace of life is stressing you out, well, be careful what you ask for. Exactly. I've thought about and, that a lot. <laughs> yeah. And and that's some, but there are ways to deal with that. You know, mm-hmm. um, there are strategies um, that that. Together, you know, in the coaching process, we come up with to be able to reduce the stress about it. Um, So it has to do with really understanding, um, taking out the layers of what these excuses are or the symptoms are. And if I'm doing a one to one coaching uh, process, typically, towards the middle of the process, they're out of excuses and out of, you know, like, okay, let's unravel that, unravel that. Okay, that that gets to the core of it. Um, You know, and for example, uh, I'm giving, I'm remembering some specific examples, like uh, one of my clients, she uh, moved from the States, from Texas to Portugal. She sold her business and she wanted to work. It wasn't like she was retired, but she was very comfortable financially and 
it had to, so she was unsatisfied and her words, not mine, with not contributing to society and not having a role, a productive role, because she had worked all her life. She wasn't ready for that and she didn't want to do that. And then dealing with that, plus a new language, plus everything new, right? Even the water you drink is going to be different. The food you eat is going to be different. The air you breathe is going to be different. So sometimes you need to slow down and really understand that when we're pointing the finger at the external, many times it's what's inside us that is really um, sticky. Sure. But it's yeah, easier I mean, to blame the outside because that's the obvious. Absolutely. And I, and I completely, as a coach, I completely agree with that, that our mindset and our, you know, our circumstances are neutral. It's our, it's our mindset and the way we think about it that really impacts our, our, our actions and our emotions about things. And yet, here's the other question I have for you. Mm. I feel like there's legitimate preferences that people have in life to be happy and they're all okay. And I think, I think you would agree with it. Like some people prefer chocolate. Some people prefer, prefer vanilla. Absolutely. There's no, there's, you know, we could, I could work all day on my thoughts around vanilla ice cream, you know, and go, Oh, what vanilla has this flavor and that flavor. But when in reality, I just really prefer chocolate over vanilla. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So I feel like there's, there's this fine line in coaching where we have to help people, you know, get through those excuses and those blocks and also find their true preferences Absolutely. for things. Absolutely. And go out. I yeah. couldn't agree more. And this in the context of expat coaching is even more relevant because people have a lot of ideas of how they should integrate how they have to, Oh, I have to speak the language because it's the polite thing to do. And, and I say, you know, like, yes, you need, you need to be able to communicate basic things, but, um, what do you want the language for? You know, and sometimes I've had so many clients come to, in the beginning, the cognitive load is so high. It's kind of like when you, I, I like to make this analogy when you're, I remember vividly when I was learning how to drive. Mm. It was, you know, I was so in state of alert all the time. I was afraid of running something over, uh, you know, someone over and the, the blinkers and the lights and the mirrors. And I, I would leave like the first month of driving. I would be so tense and tired. Mm. Right. And this is what happens because in technical terms, there are two um, and it's called acculturation stress. Ah, okay. This okay. is the technical term because two mental processes are happening at the same time. One is cultural shedding. That's mm. the technical term, which we're releasing ourselves from habits and ways we used to do things. Like we were used to having dinner at 6 p.m. Everyone else has dinner at 9. So we have to, right? We have to stop right. doing something. And then there's another process, which is cultural learning, so you're doing, you're learning new ways of doing things like new ways of greeting, new ways of interacting with people, new ways of buying groceries. Um, you know, there's no 24 d delivery Amazon, you, you know, so these, right. you're so these two things are happening at the same time, plus in a different language, plus you're super tired from the move, plus yeah. You don't know how to how to work the dishwasher. Plus, you have no friends. So, <laughs> so sounds no like wonder, a hell to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. So no wonder people are. So what I like, slow down. Let's yeah. reduce the pressure and take yeah. your time. You will learn the language when it's relevant, when it's time. But the thing is, I'm giving you one example. Because you're learning so much. And then if you, on top of that, put the language, chances are you're going to not accomplish what you want. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel frustrated and you're mm -hmm. going to find ways to self-sabotage. And then you're going to uh -huh. tell me, I can't learn Portuguese because everyone speaks English with me in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great excuse. <laughs> well, yeah, if if you tell me that, you know, if 
No wonder everyone speaks English because you have so much going on. And then if you're moving with kids, you're you're worried about your kids. You're worried about school. You're worried about how the hell, what uniform do they wear? You know, what's the food like? My child comes home crying. They're not making for. It's a lot.、Mm-hmm. So. You know, and there are different strategies, and I don't want to get too technical, but they're called acculturation strategies. People say you have to integrate, and going back to your vanilla versus chocolate, and I tell my clients, you don't have to do anything. Yeah, right. You don't. You don't have to do anything. There is no rule what you have to sign when you move. Like you, ha- you don't have to do anything. You what you have to do is mind your boundaries and do what、mm-hmm. you feel comfortable with, and kind of do the yoga. I I call it the yoga technique, which is you stretch until the edge, and then get used to it. And then you stretch a little bit more until the end, and and that get used to it. And then you st- and little by little, millimeter by millimeter, you'll start adapting. But if you stretch too much, you'll snap a muscle. You'll get injured. So yeah, it, it's as simple as that.、Um, oh, I love and, that analogy. So,、um, but the, people put so much they read they read online that you have to integrate. Well, what is integration for you? Right. Let's define that. Yeah. I mean, I know what integration is according to intercultural psychology because I studied that. But what does that mean for you? You know, what does that look like in your day to day life? Yeah, I think a lot of people do want to contribute to society. They do want to be accepted in their new country. I mean, nobody wants to be rejected by their new country. Really, I don't think they go there for that. Maybe some people don't care about whether they're accepted or rejected by their new country. Yeah, there. Well,、yeah. there are basically in in the the literature there are four acculturation strategies. Okay, these、mm-hmm. strategies are typically. Um, they're unconscious. Usually, we don't think about them. We just do them, and、yeah. they have to do with how much we want to have contact and participation in the local and what they call in literature the host culture, and how much we want to keep of our original identity. Now,、mm. when there's a balance between two, the two of these dimensions, it's called integration. So it's when you want to keep things that you value from your own. Cultural identity, but you also want to have content participation, kind of like the the balance, and that in the studies、uh, tends to lead to the highest level of well being.、Mm. Um, on the other side of the spectrum, there's like marginalization. It's called that.、Mm. I don't like the name, but anyway, that's what it's called. Where you don't have, you don't want anything to do with your original country. You don't like the way、uh, things were in your, but you don't want contact with the new country either. <laughs> you want to be like, an island, <laughs> yeah, and and that's fine. Some a lot of people live like that, like in rural、yeah. areas, and they live on their own, and they don't, you know, interact a lot with the the、yeah. bigger society. What work, whatever works for you, you know. Sure, there's no judgment. Yeah,、um, and then there are two other aspects, which is assimilation, when you don't want have anything to do with your original country, and you want to really immerse in the、mm-hmm. local culture. So that would be the equivalent for, like, let's say,、uh, an American couple deciding to speak Portuguese in their household. Yeah, right. Okay,、um, and the other side of that is separation, where you want to keep your cultural identity, and you really don't want to mix. It、with the local culture, and that would be, for example, the expat bubble, so to speak, the the gated communities and all that. And there is no right or wrong way of doing things. Sure, as long、so、as you're true to yourself, that's what matters. Now, sometimes we shift strategies. Interesting. So sometimes we start. With a little bit of separation, because in the beginning of the mental load of the cognitive load, it's just too much. We want to speak English. We want to be we with people. We kind of know what the social cues are. We don't have to second guess what people really mean. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then, little by little, they might go a little bit to the integration side. Hmm. Hmm. So it's it, it, like anything in life. There's no. 
cookie cutter way of doing things. Because I had clients like, yes, I want to integrate. I want to be, I want to make local friends and I want to this and that. Like, great. And then further down the line, they tell me, yeah, but uh, do you know of a pediatrician that speaks English? And also I need um, a hairdresser. I need to color my hair, but they need to speak English or, you know, I didn't. And that's fine. I mean, we we make fun of them, but yeah. it's fine because in moments when you feel vulnerable, you want to make mm-hmm. sure you're understood and there's no mm-hmm. judgment. There's no judgment. And as and I kind of sometimes, you know, um, uh, make fun. It's like, yeah, so much for the integration, huh? Yeah. And- <laughs> I was like, oh, it's like, I'm just teasing you because it's okay. And, you know, yes, I mean... I go to the doctor. I want to understand what they're freaking saying too. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want my hair to turn purple when I go exactly. to the hairstylist. <laughs> exactly. So it's all okay. But yeah. we got to let go. And this is what I see a lot of people and a lot of um, pressure online and in, in these forums and social media. You have to be this way. You And if you deviate a little bit from that, you're like, ah, everyone... No, you, there's no, there's no have to. Yeah. I so agree. I so agree with this. And this is why I got off of those forums. Just so others know, I had that experience where I was in a bunch of Facebook groups of Americans who are looking to go to Portugal. And again, there's no judgment here. Other people get a, a ton out of these groups. They love them. They get inspired by them. And at the beginning, I got inspired by them. And then I started to feel like, oh, there's only one way, or there's even only one way of looking at how to do the migration process. Like there's a lot of judgment around how you did your visas and the questions that you asked and, you know, stupid questions versus good questions. Mm -hmm. And I just went, this is not mentally healthy for me. I'm starting Absolutely. to feel like I'm already judged and in a can, you know, before I yeah. even get there. And so I just, I just said, I, I'm, I'm going to look for some different mm-hmm. ways, which is yeah. part of why I started writing on Substack because I wanted a place where kind of a clean slate where I could just write about the whole experience. Yeah. And for me, that's part of in some ways, processing and the therapy of before even moving. It's a little bit like yeah. coaching in the sense that I have some uh, some sort of venue to process things yeah. versus yeah. Yeah. Um, trying well, to deal with all my own. It's interesting you say that because this is something that we talk about in, in the Mastery Move program. So, yeah. there, you know, we talk about this, how to research in a way that is true to you how right. to protect yourself from these influences and use that resource um, to your benefit and, you know, and take take breaks if necessary. And there's a whole methodology on how to do that. Um, oh, and, wow. And how to research and how, you know, and actually Facebook groups in my methodology is the last step. Mm. So, um, and it's only to confirm what you think you've found in right. other resources <laughs> yeah. because there is valuable information there there is but, absolutely but the thing is if you um if you ask depending on how you ask the question there you're going to get more confused than clear oh so it's it, yes. the, the program we we work on how to ask the right questions to steer you in the right direction and not confuse you Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that because yes, last year I was writing, I was trying to figure out whether we should rent or sell our house and Mm -hmm. no one can tell me that, you know, I do know that like, that's a decision I have to make. However, I was interested in what other expats were doing. Were they selling or were they renting and what were some of their choices? And I made the mistake of putting that question out there and it was a barrage of opinions and it, you know, everybody's opinion was right and it worked for them. And, but it made me just feel a lot more confused yeah. about yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's about, it's about how, well, you know, very quickly, I'll share the, my methodology here for everyone who's listening. They can yeah. benefit from this as well, which is I got, I, I got inspired from the scientific method. Okay. When you're mm-hmm. writing yes. a dissertation, Okay, which I did <laughs> and defended my thesis. Um, 
you you have to think of hypothesis. You have a question, right? You have to, it has to be clear. It has to be um, um, unambiguous. It cannot be ambiguous. So really, you have to craft your question. And then this next thing we do in uh, scientific method is we look for data, right? Either first-hand data, do it for research, or second-hand data um, through reports and stuff. So that's what you do in this. So I'll give you a, a clear example. Um, you want to know if um, it's expensive. Food is expensive in Portugal. Okay. Mm -hmm. So first, define food. Is it produce? Right. Is it canned food? Is it bio? Is it organic? Uh, what type of food are you talking about? Right. So first mm -hmm. define that. Then go to where they sell food. <laughs> Supermarkets. <laughs> right. Go online. Not Facebook. To the Not Facebook. <laughs> go online to the supermarkets. Everything is online today. And pretend, for example, pretend you're making an online purchase. You're going to buy. And so there's a double advantage with this. One is you get to learn about the brands, the language, how things how things are weighed. It's kilos, not pounds, and it's uh, liters, not ounces. And you start f getting familiar with these differences. Plus, at the end, you will get a total of what your grocery shopping would be. So you have an exact number. And then you do that to two or three different supermarkets. Then you compile your conclusions. So you open up a Google spreadsheet and you actually put the link, the date, how much, and you know, the, so you can go back to that information if you need to. And then you go on Facebook and ask. Um, for a family of three people, um, not bio, not organic, including produce and meat, I looked online on supermarket XYZ and for a month worth of groceries, it came out from 200 to 300 euro. Do you think that's accurate? You see the difference? Yes, I do. Huge, huge difference. <laughs> so then people will say, yes, that seems accurate. Or no, did you include wine? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> Or other people will say, uh, check out this supermarket because they have cheaper prices. And it's like, oh, great. Now I go back and you go to another iteration. See, see the difference between that and just putting on Facebook. Is it expensive to go grocery shopping in Portugal? Yeah, totally different. So, yeah. you know. And and then you save time, money. You 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 practice your language skills. You know what the brands are. You start getting familiar with everything, and then you have answers that really help you, <laughs> and not make you go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Deb, you are so wise, and I just so appreciate your time. I want people to know how to work with you. You've got several different options, and I have to say. The course that you have on where to pick to move and how to make those decisions is just golden. So, um, and you've got one on scouting, and I think I saw uh, some new ones yesterday when I was looking at your your website that I hadn't even known about. So, would you mind sharing a little bit about sure. the courses that you have? Yes, thank you for asking. So, um, I work on three levels. First level is one to one coaching, the normal, you know, standard yeah. eight coaching call process. I did create um, at the beginning of the year because my clients requested a mini coaching pack with three coaching calls called pre-decision coaching because people needed help to make the decision. Like, yes. should I stay or should I go? So right. it's a smaller focused. Um, I have that. And then on the second level, I have group coaching program, which is the Mastery Move. So it's a six-month program with online lessons, group calls, interaction, community, and one-to-one uh, -one, uh, coaching calls. And then I have the uh, online courses that you mentioned, how to decide where to live, the how to prepare your scouting trip for success. Each one of these include a one-hour call with me. Then I have the Prepare You Move Abroad 101, which is like a a general overview, like the first steps. 
And I'm working on, and this is like sneak preview, I'm working on one called the step zero, the crucial step you didn't know you needed to plan your move abroad. And um, it is based on a workshop that I did, um, three editions. The feedback was amazing. And people like, oh, but you know, I can't make it that day. And blah, blah, blah. Can you make it into a course? And like, okay. So I'm launching the beta later this month. Uh, yeah, towards the end of the month, beginning of next month. So I'm going to offer one month of beta testing to get feedback and to make it like really, really nice. And I have a free course called International Relocation Starter Course, which is my free uh, four-lesson mini course to get people thinking about their what for, you know, goal alignment, all the things that we talked about. So that's pretty, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Oh, that's awesome. There's so many good things there. If you want to work, get started for free, I would say you can go to um, Deb's website. Do you want to share what that is? Uh, sure. www.debradahab.com. So D-E-B-O-R-A-H-D-A-H-A-B.com. I'm also always on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram and um haven't reached TikTok yet. <laughs> That's just too much for me right now. But uh, yeah, and um, if you go to my website, you can sign up for the free ebook, Move Overseas with Ease, uh, sign up for the free uh, mini course, see if, you know, not everything is for any everyone, like you said, some people like vanilla, yeah. some people like chocolate. I'm a chocolate person myself. Yeah. Um, and if you, and, and, and I all, offer these free events and also have a monthly event called expat connection live chat which Mm -hmm. is a a unique chance to really interact with other people who are on the same journey um which is something i've never seen on webinars that's why i don't like to call it a webinar because it's not me blabbering like for 10 minutes and then a 50 minutes pitch and that's not it no (laughs) it's it's really you know people get into breakout rooms and they connect with one another so it's really really a unique opportunity i haven't found a proper name for it um because i've never seen anything like it and uh, i'm I'm open to uh, suggestions and uh, yeah so i i have a youtube channel called um just you know search for deborah dahab on youtube you'll find my channel i have over 130 videos about all of what we talked about and more, uh, how to help your kids adjust, uh, moving as a single person, moving as a couple, moving as a family, you name it, it's there. If it's not, let me know because I'll create something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Give you more content ideas. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. There's so much to explore here, everyone. I do encourage you all to check out these resources and to make it clear that Deborah doesn't just coach expats who are moving to Portugal. She's coaching people who are moving to any number of countries, any country around the world from their home. Yeah. From their home country. So it just so happens that she happens to be in Portugal and I'm moving there. But if you're moving to New Zealand or you're moving to Austria or you're moving to South America, she would be a great resource for those moves as well. So exactly what we go through is pretty much the same, regardless of where we're going, where we're going from or where we're going to. So, well, round two, if I ever get to have you back on the podcast, we'll be around all of those stages because I, I, I got really curious about that. So we'll we'll save that for next time. And I just want to say thank you again. And thanks to all of the listeners. And I really hope you check out Deb's work and um, I will be continuing to work with her. I'm I just find everything that you do so valuable. So thank oh, you so thank much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Uh, thank you for having me. And I loved your questions. And I loved seeing you again because people yeah. can't see us, but I can see you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get the pleasure of video. You you all listening don't, but we got to see each other. So stay on. on Deb, we'll chat for a minute after I, I hit uh, stop here. But thanks, everybody. <laughs>